You're listening to the Casting for Fun podcast, the show that talks about entertainment, sports, music, and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad that you could join us today. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda. And this is for uh, Tuesday, January 24th, 2023, for this particular episode. I'm joined again by my good friend, uh, Nathan Wolf, to geek out about stuff that we love. Uh, we have a great conversation about our love of the 1988 classic fantasy adventure film, Willow, starring Warwick Davis and Val Kilmer. And then, of course, we, we dive into the recently released Disney Plus uh, sequel to that particular movie, Long Awaited. Uh, so we, we get to talk about that show. Uh, we also get to sit down and talk about uh, Weird Al Yankovic and <laughs> our love for Weird Al, especially the love that Nathan has for Weird Al. And we talk about uh, the biopic that came out last year, last in the fall, starring uh, Daniel Radcliffe taking on the role of Weird Al. And lastly, uh, right now in entertainment, the biggest show has to be uh, The Last of Us on HBO, uh, which is obviously an adaptation of the popular video game. The Last of Us, uh, developed by Naughty Dog. And if you know me and, and know how long I've been recording the podcast talking about games, the Uncharted video game franchise is my all-time favorite, as is the video game Uncharted 2, Among Thieves, also developed by Naughty Dog. So it's really exciting for me to actually sit down and talk to Nathan about the show uh, based on the video game. Technically, I haven't played The Last of Us. Uh, I'm, I'm not really a big fan of the survivor horror games, but based on the description Nathan gave me of the game, I definitely think I should check it out because I, I know firsthand that uh, Naughty Dog, the, the writers for that game uh, studio, uh, they're just master storytellers. They can just tell really awesome emotional stories. And of course, the games are just a blast to play. The Uncharted games, all of them are great. Uh, so I'm assuming the, the Last of Us is no exception. And yeah, so it's always great to catch up with Nathan, you know, a good friend of mine, and we have so much in common. Uh, before I get to Nathan, though, I did want to discuss just a few entertainment aspects really quick, uh, because I know we want to try and get to the conversation with Nathan first. Uh, the Easy Star All-Stars, who are the, the musicians from the Easy Star Records, a, a reggae a records label based out of New York, they just announced they're going to do their next cover album which is going to be a cover of the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, or more commonly known as Ziggy Stardust by the late, great David Bowie. Uh, this is going to be a really cool reggae dub uh, cover of that particular album. They released their uh, first single, Starman, which sounds great. So definitely check that out on your favorite streaming service. Uh, that's going to be releasing, I believe, in April. I'll probably talk a little bit more about that closer to the release date. And lastly... Um, this week is going to be see the return of Sarah Michelle Geller to uh, horror uh, genre entertainment TV with her show Wolfpack, which is being released on Paramount Plus. I think this coming uh, Thursday, which would be January 26th, if I'm not mistaken. I'm excited for that show. It should be really cool. I'm a huge fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So it's going to be cool to see Sarah Michelle Geller back on TV and this time not fighting vampires, but fighting werewolves. So that will probably be a show I, I look deeper into the podcast later for a later episode. Um, cool. So that's all the news I have for now. Uh, without further ado, let me go ahead and uh, uh, jump into my conversation with Nathan Wolf. Returning to the Casting for Fun podcast tonight is uh, my awesome great friend, Nathan Wolf. Nathan, how are you doing tonight? I am doing great. How about yourself? Good. Uh, doing doing great too. It, it's good to see you again, and it's always good to sit down and talk about uh, uh, entertainment uh, news or geek news, if you prefer. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a cool either using either phrase. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get offended by any terms. So, oh, very cool. But uh, yeah, so I definitely want to talk the the Willow show on Disney Plus, and also reminisce about the movie because I, I loved the movie growing up. I thought the movie was great. And then, of course, uh, the, the Weird Al show, or the Weird Al movie, rather, on the Roku channel. Yes. I know you're a big fan of Weird Al, so I wanted to get your opinions on that. Because I know there might have been some controversies, I think, initially with Daniel Radcliffe being uh, cast as Weird Al, right? Oh, was there? I, I don't even know if I heard about that. I'll have to... Okay. We'll dive into that a little bit more when we get to yeah. now. And then, of course, The Last of Us has been a huge hit on HBO. Uh, the short time it's been out, that the reviews have been fantastic. And uh, my assumption is that uh, the fan 
uh, reaction has been very positive as well. So I wanted to get your take on that because I know you're a huge gamer and I'm, I'm assuming you've had played the game as well. So yes. uh, th- there will be spoilers for sure, but we'll, we'll limit oh, the yeah. spoilers on The Last of Us for just a tiny bit. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So before we get to that, though, I do want to just share some cool geek news that just kind of broke this past week which I think would be kind of fun to discuss, particularly for us. So Cobra Kai has officially announced that the sixth season will, in fact, be the last season, which is uh, good news. I mean, bittersweet because I love the show yeah. so much. But at the same time, uh, my understanding was that the producers and showrunners had a, a, a specific objective in mind, and it looks like they're being able to complete that. Uh, I know Netflix kind of has the, the reputation of sometimes canceling shows prematurely, which I know can mm-hmm. be upsetting to some of the fans, but it looks like, they're getting to do exactly what they wanted to do with Cobra Kai. So what were your thoughts when you heard the news that season six would in fact be the last season? Yeah, actually I saw, I think you shared the link on Facebook. Um, and so that's where I saw it. Um, kind of like you, you know, bittersweet, like it, I really enjoy the show. And, you know, when you like a show, it's like you like, you want it to keep going, but I think it's also smart to not have a show out where it's welcome, where you're like, oh, they're still doing the show, you know, like mm-hmm. just end, you know, end it already kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I think it's good that they go out, get to go out on their own terms and, you know, have kind of wrap everything up nightly or nicely in how they want it. And, uh, you know, they're not like cancel mid season and they got to kind of rework things and, you know, it might, uh, not as gone as they wanted it to, you know, to go. But uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, like I said, it's, it's bittersweet, but I think it's good for the most part. So, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I, I know that they were specifically waiting for uh, filming to begin until they actually got the green light from Netflix that, yes, you can continue on, which is smart. I mean, you don't want to obviously <laughs> start filming and realize, oh, you've been canceled, you, uh, which actually happens sometimes in, in Hollywood. Yeah. So, so my guess is I think probably later this year they'll start filming. So the earliest we might probably will see season six probably won't be until 2024. But uh, when it does launch, I'll be really excited and uh, we'll definitely get together and talk about it again. <laughs> oh, awesome. Cool. Uh, the last bit of news that I wanted to share with you was, uh, I don't know if you heard, but uh, it appears according to several Hollywood trades is that Tron Aries. So the long awaited Tron sequel is finally moving forward at Disney with Jared Leto attached and a gentleman by the name of uh, Joaquin Ronin to direct, who's worked with some of other Disney movies. I think one of the Pirates of the Caribbeans and one of the Maleficent movies. So I yes. wanted to get your opinion. Uh, do you like this news? Do you like Jared Leto potentially attached? And w- what did you think when you heard about they're finally moving forward with another Tron movie? So, I mean, my email address is Tron. So I've been a, f- a huge fan of the movie in high school when it was very, un- you know, not well known and unpopular like i would go to disneyland and just look for any tron stuff i could you know during that time like you know late 90s early 2000s and i you know could never find anything tron just because it was you know like a forgotten disney movie so i am so i saw this you know the sequel i think is in 2010 i remember enjoying it i haven't seen it i don't think since so Mm -hmm. i'm mixed about uh the sequel like as far as Jared Leto is concerned, I haven't seen many movies of his. I know he played the Joker, which was not well received. So I uh, in Suicide Squad, so I never saw that. I never saw Morbius for the same reason. I heard it was not that great. Um, the only thing I know him from is uh, my so-called life. You know, the show from mid '90s, early '90s uh, with Claire Danes. Yeah. Um, so I remember him being good in that, but uh, you know I haven't seen much of his work as far as movie goes. So I'm kind of like, okay, that's that's cool. They're gonna make another Tron movie because you know it means more Tron stuff, which I enjoy. So I'll just have to kind of wait and see how it is, you know. But, I think I'm going with that approach as well, uh, and hopefully we get some more casting as well because again, I, I really love for them to bring back Jeff Bridges and then. Uh, the actor, I believe, his, I don't have it in my notes, but I think uh, Garrett Hoffman. Oh, I, I, was gonna say, I, uh, I was thinking of who played Tron is Bruce Boxleitner. Um, oh, okay, yeah. From the, yeah, from so. the original movie, I'm like, I'd like to see him in the movie, you know. But, yeah, but. yeah. And then, and then of course, uh, I want to draw a blink on her name, uh, who who previously dated uh, Jason Sudeikis. Um, 
Oh, uh, Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde, thank you. Yeah, she, she was in the the Tron Legacy as well. So That's to right. get to, to do some interconnectivity between the those movies would be great. So, but well, guess we we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. So, yeah, like like that type of thing. I'm like, well, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. You know, like I'm not terribly excited because I just you know, it's not. Uh, I still like Tron and everything, but it's not kind of the last movie. I don't I don't remember being too great. I remember being okay if, if I remember. So I'm not as pumped uh, for this next one as I probably sh- should be. But we'll have to wait and see. No, you never know. We might be pleasantly surprised there, or yes. it might be, uh, I don't know, disappointment. <laughs> yeah. So, but regardless, I, I think I agree with you. I'm, I'm excited that they're actually at least going to go forward with it. You know, Disney has the funds so they can do what they want. If it's uh, mm-hmm. a financial bomb, I don't think it's going to hurt the company. No. So, okay. Very good. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into some Willow talk. So, uh, when we talked about Cobra Kai back in the fall of last year, we talked, you know, also about the concept of legacy sequels that, you know, if done right, they can be really entertaining and great, you know, uh, giving us uh, uh, a good treatment of the legacy characters. And at the same time, creating brand new characters that are as likable as the ones that we love so they can potentially carry on the show. Uh, I mentioned that concept to my wife uh, a few weeks ago that I think that's the key element to making a successful legacy sequel. So Willow. Uh, before we jump into the Disney Plus show, I wanted to just get your thoughts on the original movie. Uh, did you have fond memories watching that? I know it, it came out in the later 80s, so you probably would have been really young when it initially came out. But I'm assuming because of uh, love for nerd and geek culture and stuff like that, you've probably seen it many times. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. I So I'm the youngest of four boys. We have no sisters. And so I had a, you know, my older brothers, uh, my oldest brother's born in 77, so I grew up watching, you know, even though I was probably young, younger at the time, but I grew up watching a lot of those movies. And Willow was one that was on rotation. I think we had recorded it off of TV, um, if I remember, but or as we'd watch it whenever it was on TV. So I have a lot of great memories of that movie. I think it's beautifully shot. The soundtrack is amazing. Uh, Val Kilmer is great as Man Mardigan. Uh, you know, he's he's almost kind of like the Han Solo type character. He's kind of swarmy and you know, like a bit of a bad boy, but very charming at the same time and charismatic. Um, it's hard not to like him in the movie. Um, and Warwick Davis is excellent. I, you know, I think he was like, I want to say like 18 or 19 when he did it. He was very, uh, very young for, you know, having a lead role, but, uh, you know, he was, he was really good. And, um, what's the general's name? Uh, Uh, General Kale. Kale. He has like one of the coolest masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, from like any movie, it's like you know, it's kind of like a, it's got a skull, and you know, it. He's just always awesome looking as a kid. I'm like, you know, uh, he was a cool bad guy, or you know, kind of henchman for uh, Queen Dive Morta. But uh, yeah, I always enjoyed it. I was thought it was really funny. Uh, it was a fun adventure. Is you know, kind of remind me of almost The Hobbit, you know, in a way. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, no, yeah, we always enjoyed watching that one whenever it was on. So. Oh, awesome. Me too. Me too. Like uh, like most of us, I would imagine we, we watch it large part because of George Lucas's involvement. So after watching yeah. Star Wars trilogy, you're kind of with this mind frame of like, okay, anything he does, I want to check out and watch. So I watched Willow extensively because of that. I also watched Howard the Duck a lot because of oh, <laughs> George yeah. Lucas. That may not have been necessarily the, the best idea. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Howard the Duck is kind of like a, it's so bad, it's good type of movie. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely not as good as Willow. And I mean, Willow was directed by Ron Howard, who was, yeah. I don't think he had done many things. Um, I think he did a movie called Grand Theft Auto in the early 80s. Uh, the um, movie I think he was most famous for was Cocoon. Cocoon, yes, that's right. Yeah, so. For uh, Willow. So, uh, But yeah, Ron Howard obviously had a good relationship with George Lucas because he starred back when he was still acting in uh, American Graffiti. So back in the 70s, that's so right. well before our time. But yeah. for anyone who hasn't seen American Graffiti, and if you're a fan of George Lucas, I definitely recommend checking it out. American Graffiti is one of my favorite movies. Uh, I think it's probably my second favorite George Lucas movie. Oh, uh, Empire Back, Back would probably be my favorite. Um, uh, and then, yeah, I think American Graffiti is great. I uh, got me into kind of 50s and 60s music when I was younger, and I used, used to listen to that soundtrack all the time uh, when I was like eight or nine years old. So, Oh, okay, very good. 
Uh, yeah. So what I wanted to do for for Willow, just to share some fun facts so that I, I looked up on over the internet as I was just researching uh, for this podcast, because again, just diving into the things we love as when we were kids, I think it's really fun. And there's actually some really interesting facts about Willow. Some of them okay. are kind of funny too. So uh, uh, the musical score, as you mentioned, uh, Nathan was uh, beautifully done by James Horner, who's done so many wonderful, beautiful scores in his life. Uh, so Willow would probably be one of my top ones by him, along with Braveheart. He did that one as well. Okay, yeah. Uh, Braveheart's beautiful. Yeah, uh, George Lucas had conceived the idea back in the 70s and then specifically wanted Warwick Davis to, to play the role of Willow after meeting him on set for Return of the Jedi. And like yeah, you he mentioned, played. he was really young. I think like, in my notes, I had him at 17. So 17. he was just barely older than his kids, which is kind of funny to think that. Yeah, he played um, the main Ewok wicket in Return yeah. of the Jedi. Yeah, that's right. For, for for people who don't know that, and I was just kind of assuming people yeah. did. Um, yeah, the one that Princess Leia finds and they interact a lot with, uh, with each other in Return of the Jedi. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, uh, Joanne uh, Wally, I don't know if I have her name right, uh, the actress who played Sorsha, uh, Joan Wally, Wally, I'm sorry, yeah. Uh, she yeah. and Bad Mardigan, I'm sorry, Bad Mardigan, <laughs> yeah, Bad Mardigan uh, Val Kilmer, they ended up getting married after working yes. on Willow together, which is really cool and exciting. They did get divorced, but yeah. their son, Jack Kilmer, uh, he does the voice of Bad Mardigan in the Disney Plus show. Well, so we'll, oh, we'll get okay. to that. But yeah, the, the, the brief moment when we get to hear Mad Mardigan speaking to his daughter, Kit, uh, is actually voiced by their son, Jack Kilmer, which is pretty cool. Okay. Uh, General K, I want to dive on him a little bit. So, I, like you, Nathan, General Kale is a really awesome villain. Like you said, he's really cool looking. In fact, the, the <laughs> final, okay, spoilers, because we're, we're obviously talking about Willow. But the final battle between him and Mad Mardigan was really intense. In fact, I think yes. Mad Mardigan had to stab him like five times before he finally went down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but apparently, so the actor is uh, Pat Roach, who, uh, you know, because of his hulking appearance, he's appeared in a number of different uh, Lucasfilm movies. In fact, all three of the original Indiana Jones trilogy movies he, he appeared in as different characters. So, because he dies in all of them. <laughs> oh, okay. So, most famously, he's the one that's boxing with Harrison Ford, the, the bald German guy, and he gets obliterated yeah. by the, the, the airplane propeller. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was, was going to say, I'm like, I'm like, when you said he was in uh, Indiana Jones movies, I bet he was the guy that got chopped up by the propeller so yeah that was him uh and then what's uh let me see here uh, a couple other things here uh the eberisk uh which is i mean it's not mentioned in the movie but there's the two-headed dragon that spawns from the troll that willow inadvertently creates using a spell oh yeah uh, i guess like in production notes or like in uh some some form outside of the movie uh it was revealed that the name was eberisk if i'm pronouncing it correctly and it was like, just a tongue-in-cheek joke made at the expense of a uh, cisco and ebert uh, to kind of like, you know, you're the two-headed dragon monster. So they kind of put their names oh, together, okay. which I think That's is kind of funny. funny. <laughs> um, and then one other interesting fact that I thought was kind of funny that, so there's the scene when uh, Bab Morda transforms everybody into pigs. Mm -hmm. uh, so they have to get live pigs to, to take the place of all the actors who you know, got transformed because of her spell. Apparently the pigs started mating with each other. So the producers had oh. to throw water on him and stop it, I guess, because <laughs> If you get too many animals together at the same time, you know, I guess maybe some, I don't know, hanky panky is going to happen, which is kind of funny. Yeah, to me. I mean, yeah, maybe they're, you know, in cages by themselves and they got bored. So they. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one, one more fact that I wanted to share, because I, I didn't know this before, before researching it. So uh, we finally get the Disney Plus series. So effectively a sequel to the show, I mean, to, to the movie Willow. But apparently there was a trilogy of books that had been written by Cliff Claremont that came out back in the 90s that were supposed to serve as a sequel to Willow. They oh. weren't very well received by the fans, though. Okay. Uh, I have their, the names here, Shadow Moon, Shadow Dawn, and Shadow Star. Uh, I guess Clint Claremont, you know, most famous for being one of the most prolific X-Men comic book writers, uh, had received notes from George Lucas. But at the same time, uh, Lucas was in the process of preparing his script for The Phantom Menace. So I guess he didn't collaborate with them as close as he, he would have thought. But yeah, those books weren't super well received by the fans, apparently. I, I've never read them myself. In fact, I didn't even be aware that they were released only just this past week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that they made um, you know sequel books until you just told me. So that's interesting. So if anyone's a hardcore fan of Willow and is looking to check it out, yeah, uh, Shadow Moon, Shadow Dawn, and Shadow Star. But I guess since, you know, technically uh, with Disney buying out Lucasfilm, those books aren't canon anymore anyways. But yeah. if you want to just read them for like a, a fun fact, fun fa fan fiction, please feel free. 
which leads us to the Disney Plus series now. So, so I wanted to talk about that. Um, it, it's kind of interesting to me, like, like we discussed about the concept of legacy sequels and if they're done just right. And then sometimes maybe certain properties should get a legacy sequel, maybe should not. Uh, do you remember how you felt when you heard that Willow was going to get a, a, a sequel on Disney Plus? Um, I was pretty excited for it, actually, because it's, you know, it's a movie I really like a lot. And, um, you know, it was even for a while, it was hard to find on Blu-ray. Like they had, I think they did like a 25th anniversary, would have been back in 2013. Um, is that, if my math is correct, if not, uh, I apologize, but, or you know, some anniversary. Um, and that went out of print and then like, you couldn't find it anywhere. And so I was excited to, you know, like to have that Willow was going to get some more love, you know, basically, because I, you know, I think it's an underrated movie and those who have heard of it and seen it, they usually really like it. Um, I don't know if I've known anyone that has seen it and didn't like it. Uh, I'm sure there's people, but Mm -hmm. so I was pretty excited for it. um, You know, when, with the news, so. Oh, I was really excited, too, when I heard. In fact, uh, I can remember going back to 2012, uh, the fall of 2012, when it was officially announced that uh, Disney had acquired Lucasfilm and then they were going to be starting right right away to make uh, Star Wars movies and reading various reports saying that they acquired all of Lucasfilm. So that also meant, in theory, Indiana Jones could potentially get more movies and then also Willow thinking oh you know it was so random and obscure like willow like no one's ever going to touch willow but then all of a sudden when you find out the news that disney had acquired lucasfilm like i guess uh hope sprung up that yes maybe they might actually do something yeah yeah so they did and and we got the show uh what were your general thoughts and impressions of the show because i know just reading online i know there's been kind of mixed reactions uh from fans based on what we got so i was curious what you thought nathan about the, the disney plus show so I'm curious real quick. Did you, have you watched the whole thing? I have. Yes. Yes. Okay. I've only watched the first, uh, uh, starting the third episode. Um, okay. Thank you for letting me know. So I won't go too deep into spoilers then. <laughs> oh, so, oh yeah. No worries. Um, but, uh, I, I was wanting to like it a lot and maybe it'll get like kind of better. And maybe the first two episodes were more kind of set up, but, um, I've been a little disappointed with it so far. Not that it's been bad. It just hasn't been that great. If that makes, you know, if that's, Mm -hmm. um, it's just, uh, I guess there's a lot more, I mean, there's a lot more characters than I thought there would be. Cause I mean, for the movie of Willow, it's mostly Willow, Mad Mardigan, uh, and they just kind of meet people along the way. So I mean, um, and I know his friend Migosh was with him for, Mm-hmm. maybe the first quarter of the movie or first third um and they had a bigger group at the beginning but you know they they break off from them so mm-hmm. um so i've been a little disappointed with it it's been a little uh kind of i don't know i felt like it's almost like uh lord of the rings light or game of thrones light where it's trying to be that but not as good as those and maybe i'm not you know trying to I shouldn't compare them to those movies or shows just because, but uh, I don't know. I guess I was expecting more so far, and maybe you can tell me if if you felt the same or if you felt differently, and if you felt like it got better as it went on. But it's it's difficult to say for certain because again, like I said, hopes for the show were really really high, uh, but at the same time, yeah, I think there were things that were kind of lacking. Um, you know, I hope people listening to the podcast don't get tired of me just constantly singing the praises for Cobra Kai. But I think, again, it, it did an excellent job of uh, doing an, a really yeah. great uh, uh, a great job of honoring the legacy characters and introducing us to new characters who we care about. I found that uh, a lot of the newer characters I didn't like as much. Some, some of them were pretty cool. Uh, uh, the, the twins. So so you met the twins, uh, Kid yes. and Eric. Both of them are kind of annoying to me. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I like uh, I said Borman. Bo- yeah, Bo- Borman, yeah, yeah. He's a fun character. Borman's I like really Borman. cool. I, li- I like Borman. Uh, he's just very charismatic, you know, and uh, very charming and, you know, likable. So mm-hmm. uh, the, the actor, Tony Revolori. I'm, I'm, I apologize if I'm butchering his name. I really like him. His character is pretty good. Uh, I know our, our mutual good friend Marcelo Ambrice is a big fan of uh, Wes Anderson movies 
and he got well, a lot of high praise from doing the movie uh, The Grand Budapest Hotel. I don't know if you've seen that one. Yes, that's right. Uh, no, I'm a huge Wes Anderson fan as well, okay. and I, for- oh, okay. I forgot that he was in it. So, yeah, I think for me, I know him best for playing uh, Flash Thompson in the recent Spider-Man yes. movies. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I like his character. So, so some of the characters, newer characters, are good, but uh, but some of them, I guess, I could take or leave them. And then mm-hmm. at the same time, even though it's called Willow, I mean, it's his show. I feel like he kind of takes a little bit of a back step. I, I think the, yeah. a good portion of the story is really focusing on. Uh, uh, okay, so spoilers for people. I mean, Nathan's already seen the first episode, so you know uh, the adult uh, uh, Laura Dannon. Yeah, I could, I could, uh, which makes sense, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, but you know, I was kind of doing some research just to see because I get we get to see that you know Warwick Davis returns as Willow, and then jo- uh, Joan uh, Wally returns as Sorsha, but we didn't really see too many other legacy characters. Uh, so I was actually just doing a little research to find out what happened to the, the other dwarfs from the movie or the other Nelwins, I guess the, the, the term that they use in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Billy Barty, I don't know if you're familiar with that actor. He, uh, yes, it wasn't he, he was in UHF, wasn't he? He was, yeah. If I was going to bring that up a little bit later. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. So he, he plays the high Al- Aldwin, uh, so the, the, the wizard of their, their village. Uh, he was yeah. actually a member of the church, which is pretty fascinating yes. here. I yeah. knew that. So. Yeah, but he he passed away. He passed away yes. back in 2004, so he was out. Uh, David J. Steinberg, he's the actor who played Migosh. He unfortunately also passed away because of tragic circumstances, so I didn't want to get okay. too much into that. Um, Mark Northover, he's the actor who played uh, Burgle Cut. He also passed away. Okay. Uh, so a lot of these actors, well, I was kind of hoping, oh, I wonder if they can bring back, you know, so-and-so from uh, their village, but unfortunately, most of them have passed away. And who's um, the, who's the uh, main warrior in the village uh oh uh philip von de is the actor but he plays the the warrior uh vonkar he's von actually Kar- still alive so they probably could have reached out to him and said hey do you want to appear on the show i don't know if they did and he turned them down or yeah. they just didn't reach out but yeah so i was disappointed that we didn't see many of the legacy carrots characters and i also feel that they were kind of underutilized if that makes sense okay and i i heard i think kevin pollock isn't it right Oh yeah, so he he does return as one of the brownies. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what uh, I figured. Uh, I think I heard something about that. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, I know some of the aspects of the show can kind of be off-putting as well. So I don't I won't get too much into spoilers here, but uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the the shows of Josh Whedon, like you know Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel and Firefly. Okay, so in those shows, like Josh Whedon has like a certain like style, like sarcastic, like. Uh, 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 dry humor that I think could be kind of like off-putting to certain people. Uh, one of the episodes in particular that I enjoyed from the Wheel of Disney Plus show, I think really takes cues. Like you almost feel like you're watching an episode of Buffy or Angel. And I think that might be kind of off-putting to some of the people too. So it kind of felt like the tone was, it's a uh, medieval fantasy uh, world, but it's not quite the same tone as the original movie if that also makes sense too. So, no, so I can understand fans maybe being disappointed about that. I'm looking forward to that episode because I enjoy that type of humor and kind of what you're saying with it being like a medieval kind of fantasy theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the two songs at the end during the credits are like, I, I like, you know, if I'm remembering, they're like modern pop songs or, you know, like, or reversions of songs and like modernized. So like, it just like felt very uh, disjointed from the rest of the episode. If it, I don't know if you felt that. When no, you no, I, I agree with you. Yeah, in fact, actually, the songs that you're referring to, one of them was uh, it was a cover version of "Enter Sandman" by Metallica. That's, yeah, and then another yeah. one was a cover version of uh, "Black Hole Sun" by Soundgarden. That's and, right. Yeah, like you yeah. like you mentioned, it just felt really kind of out of place. And yes. This won't be like major spoilers for you. It's a minor spoiler, but they end up using a Beatles song for one of their end credits and one of the later episodes too. So it, it, it does a, feel like, yeah, kind of disjointed, like you said. Is it a cover of a Beatles song? No, I think it was, if I remember correctly, it was an actual, like the their, their original recording. Okay. I, I have an issue uh, most of the time with covers of Beatles songs. I don't know. I, I'm like, <laughs> it's kind of taboo for me. So like you have uh-huh. to do it really well. But anyways, that's, you know, that's a, another conversation. But oh, Okay. But uh, but yeah, with all that being said, though, I mean, I thought the show was for the most part pretty enjoyable. The fight sequences I thought were fantastic. So I, I'm really excited for you to get to see more of that. Like it seemed like, you know, the the actors really put forth the effort. In fact, uh, uh, Aaron Kellyman, 
who who's been in several other Disney products as well. She she was in Solo, and she was also in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, she, okay. her, her character was pretty cool. Like, and she actually it looked like she took some good training. So all, all, all the cast members I thought did an excellent job with the fighting. I kind of wish we had seen more because again, as I mentioned, the fight sequence from the original movie between Val, uh, Matt Mardigan and uh, General Kale is one of the best ever. So, uh, uh, so you I, felt, I am, I'll sorry, go ahead. Oh, you felt like it got, did you feel like it got better as it went on? Um, uh, I felt that it seemed like the, the battle sequences tend to focus more on magic and less on swords and shields. Which I was a little disappointed on as well, okay. but but I, I can understand because again we're again minor minor spoilers, but they're trying to develop and grow uh, a little Laura Dannon, who is basically really becoming the the lead of the show, even though it's technically called Willow. Okay, no, I, I could uh, get that from uh, by the end of the second episode. You know when she mm-hmm. she finally does something that she's been trying to do like the whole episode. Not mm-hmm. to spoil it, but you know it's not. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so so I, I do recommend ch- finishing up for you just to get your you know to gather your own thoughts on what you thought. And for my listeners, anybody listening, if you yeah, feel free to reach out to to me. Let me know what you thought of the Disney Plus show Willow. Uh, it, it left on a cliffhanger. I won't spoil the cliffhanger, but it did leave it open that there could be potential more uh, seasons, even though nothing's been a- revealed just yet. But I guess they're just waiting to see uh, if fan interest is there. But uh, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think I'd be okay with them doing more. I just would like to see them more, uh, I guess, develop the, the characters they have, uh, make them a little less irritating. Eric and Kit, I'm looking at both of you. <laughs> oh. And just, uh, if, if possible, to try and, uh, uh, I guess, ground the show a little bit more and tor- turn it more towards uh, the way the movie was done. But at the same time, the movie had some silly elements too. Like, I mean, the brownies oh, yeah. themselves are pretty silly, so... Yeah, and uh, I remember Burgle Cut gets pooped on by Bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so so yeah. So there we go. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, did you have anything else with Willow that you wanted to share? Um, just the final thing is, you know, like um, I understand why Mad Morgan's not in it. With you know, it's unfortunate that Val Kilmer, you know, I think he had throat cancer and it kind of just mm-hmm. uh, ruined his vocal cord. Um, I'm sure you saw him in Top Gun, yeah. uh, Maverick. So that's unfortunate. Um. Because I'm a big, huge Val Kilmer fan from, like, I'm in Real Genius and Willow and, uh, you know, Heat. And uh, I'm sure there's other movies that I'm just blanking on. But um, I really like him as an actor. And it's just unfortunate that, you know, that happened to him. So I'm sure that's why he didn't come back for the show. I'm sure he probably would have mm-hmm. um, if, you know, health was was better for him. So that's, oh. that's my thoughts. So. Oh, very good. Okay. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into the the Weird Al movie on the Roku channel. So uh, there is a little bit of a tie-in, as, as uh, Nathan had mentioned. So uh, there is a tie, a connection between Willow and Weird Al in this fact that Billy Barty, who has a long history in Hollywood before he passed away, yeah. appeared one year later after Willow was released in 88 in the year 1989 in the, the classic Weird Al movie UHF. Uh, which I just happened to watch just a few days ago, just for fun on on YouTube because it was there for free to watch. <laughs> did but, you grow uh, up watching that movie, or is it, no, no, uh, not really? Even though I did, I did like Weird Al's music. I never actually saw it before, but then I was just like researching random stuff about Weird Al over the internet this past week and saw that the UHF movie was available for free to watch on YouTube. So I went ahead and watched it. So was that your first time ever seeing it? First time, yeah, first time. Oh, okay, wow. Uh, I've probably seen it. 30 plus times I could, I could oh. quote it. Um, we, that was a, that was a big staple in our house growing up and, oh uh, very yeah. good awesome. uh, we, awesome. I love that movie I think it's hilarious did, did real quick did you did, did you enjoy it or find it funny or was it too weird or uh it was kind of weird but I did find it enjoyable <laughs> so I mean it, it just it, it is what it is it's, it's ridiculous yeah. silliness and yes yeah yeah just the, the the sequence in the beginning when the boulder he, they're imitating the scene from raiders of the lost ark and the boulder's just chasing after him no matter which way he turns it's still chasing him <laughs> yeah it, like, it turns the corner and yeah know, they got like great wall of china or something in the, you know in the background yeah. it's, it's, it's very ridiculous so 
Yeah, yeah. So, so as most people know, about this past fall, uh, Roku actually developed uh, a biopic about Weird Al, starring uh, Daniel Radcliffe as, as taking on the role of Weird Al, which again, uh, I guess, could be kind of polarizing a little bit because when a major actor who's kind of in a sort of tight cast a little bit, everyone sees him as Harry Potter. When he's announced as the 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 lead of such a movie, I think maybe some some fans may be taken back a little bit. Uh, but again, so the movie is available exclusively to the Roku channel and I was watching it, but for some reason it won't allow me to watch anymore. Something's wrong with, with uh, my, my app on the Roku app. So I had to try and get that figured out. Um, so I was able to watch a little bit of it, but it was actually really enjoyable. I thought he, he looks the part. I think he looks really great as, as uh, Weird Al. And the story, I guess it would be interesting to see because, again, it seems like it's kind of over the top as opposed to necessarily being like a, a serious bio picture about him. So I was wondering your thoughts, because I know just from getting to know you over social media like Facebook and Instagram that you're a huge Weird Al fan. So from your perspective, what did you think of the, the Weird Al movie starring Daniel Radcliffe? So, yeah, um, I think I've been to maybe six or seven Weird Al shows and I recommend anyone go there, even if you're like, a light Weird Al fan. They're just very entertaining and you can bring the whole family and, you know, uh, they're just a lot of fun. Um, so when it was first announced, I was excited because I guess I'm, I like Weird Al so much that I wanted to see an actual real biopic about him. Like, mm -hmm. and when I watched the trailer, I was disappointed if, because <laughs> there was like a parody of biopic movies and I'm like, mm -hmm. After I, you know, after like a week, I'm like, well, what was I expecting it to, you know, like probably most people won't go see a biopic movie about Weird Al's actual life because it's probably not that interesting to most people. Um, and I'm like, of course, he's going to do a parody of biopic movies, you know, like, um, you know, I, I, it was just, a, you know, the fan in me wanted, I'm like, oh, I'd love to know more about his life and things like that. So it, it is a parody movie about biopic movies um and i thought it was very funny i thought it was really good like you know i, I kind of went in with expectations like hopefully it'll be enjoyable but i thought it was really funny i thought daniel Rad radcliffe was really good um i did have one complaint about the movie and um it's kind of it was kind of off-putting to me but uh when daniel radcliffe is you know singing the weird owl songs he's like just lip syncing and it's weird owl's voice singing it Mm -hmm. I would have, I like to hear, you know, even if they're not, but I heard Daniel Radcliffe can sing, you know, like he's a decent singer. I would have preferred that he sang the songs instead of, you know, hearing Weird Al's voice come out of Daniel Radcliffe. I just thought it was kind of, it was just kind of weird to me. Uh, that was my one complaint, but I thought it was really funny. I highly recommend you finish it. Um, I won't spoil anything, but it's, uh, it's a very weird movie, uh, you know, rightfully titled. Um, but I thought it was, super fun and very funny and yeah my just one complaint is that uh daniel radcliffe doesn't sing the songs weird al does and so you you know he lip syncs to to his music so oh, okay interesting very good yeah I, I definitely plan to finish it uh, i did have one question for you though i guess i hope it's not going too much into spoiler territory for people but uh so i do know that uh rain wilson plays uh dr demento on on the show sure. uh, and obviously rain wilson i love him from the office i think he's hysterical as as uh dwight Schrute. Uh, but I was curious. I mean, as you mentioned, it, I guess it's uh, so it's a parody of uh, a, a biopic. So obviously it's not 100 percent accurate, the things that we're seeing. So, you know, uh, uh, weird out, like, you know, making a bologna sandwich and then hearing uh, Mike Sharon on the radio. That's not how he came up with the song. Right. That, that's just pure uh, fiction. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it happened. You know, like it came on the radio. He was. Yeah, it was not like this magical moment like that i think he just was thinking of funny lyric you know funny different lyrics for um, oh, okay for the song and you know i don't maybe he was eating a bologna sandwich at the time i don't know if i've heard that but uh no he was um so he used to record his own like he did original songs and on his like little tape recorder at home because he took accordion lessons when he was younger his parents you know there was he said there's a accordion door-to-door -door salesman that you know gave uh or you know you'd sign up for lessons and his parents picked that over guitar um so he would record songs on his accordion at like 14 or 15 16 and send them into the dr demento show because he listened to it mm -hmm. and dr demento would play his songs um 
Like he had a song called Bel- Belvedere Cruiser about his family car growing up. Like it was just like a little, you know, minute and a half song about the car. And he would, his songs got pretty popular on the show. Like they got, you know, a lot of airtime. So that is true. Um, part of it, but. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. But I wanted to ask if uh, Dr. Demento actually had a, a hand in his career. Or played oh, a yeah. Part that was, it was okay. a big part of his. Uh, okay. Uh, of his career. So, and oh, okay. he recorded, um, I think it's my Bologna. He recorded in the bathroom. Uh, there's a bathroom across the hall from the radio station that he worked at. So uh-huh. he had like all these wires from like, he didn't, I don't think he had permission to record it in the radio station, but he had all the wires and stuff going from the radio station into his, into the bathroom at the college that he, that Weird Al worked at. And he recorded my Bologna in the bathroom. So, Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I definitely want to finish it up because again, uh, I think his parodies are really funny and very creative. Some of them are really silly, yes, but I think it's, it's just fu- funny stuff. It's just good humor. It's really great. Yeah, uh, I was curious. One more question about Weird Al. Uh, mm-hmm. So being, considering how big of a fan you are, Nathan, do you have a particular parody that is your favorite of Weird Al's? Or if you can't come up with just one, do you have like maybe like two or three or maybe four that you really, really enjoy? Okay. Um, I'll answer this question with a with an answer to another question. I honestly think his originals are better than his parodies. I know he's no... Oh, okay. He's uh, most known for his parodies, but he does write original songs. That he usually has maybe two or three on each album, and I think those are better, personally. And he does, like, in the style of. Mm-hmm. Um, so he does, he has songs that, you know, he has the song, uh, I don't know if you know Dare to be Stupid, it's in the style of Devo. Uh-huh. He has another song called Everything You Know Is Wrong. It's in the style of They Might Be Giants. And they sound like, songs from those bands like he does it mm-hmm. like you know it's not a parody of one of their songs but it he just does it in the style that that band would do it in oh okay and, uh, but uh so if i had to say uh favorite parodies um i really like another one rides the bus i think that one's really fun mm-hmm. um like a surgeon is really good it's a parody of uh like a virgin um but uh one of my favorite songs by him it's an original and is on the bad hair day album that had amish paradise mm-hmm. it's called uh it's called larry it is about a bully in you know i don't think it's about weird out but it's just about a kid who used to get picked on by a bully in high school and <clears throat> all the things he the bully did to him and how he got uh got him back i won't spoil the song for you but anyone's listening and you don't know the song larry by weird Al, just look it up it's, i think it's about three minutes long and it's it's very dark but it's hilarious i think it's uh if you like dark humor um you'll enjoy it so oh okay awesome i have to check out that song for sure yeah. uh the song that i would pick i mean there's so many great ones to pick but the one that i absolutely love is uh trapped in the drive-thru oh yeah yeah, so it's kind of funny. So, I mean, it's a parody based off of the R. Kelly song. And I, I, I don't care for R. Kelly's music at all. But I remember when I used to listen to the Kevin and Bean show here in L.A., mm-hmm. uh, K-Rock, yeah. they, they talked about it extensively, the, the his, his original song of uh, Trapped in the Closet, where it's a really, like, just weird story of, like, infidelity. It's kind of, eh. But yeah. anyway, so Weird Al, for those who don't know, Weird Al did a parody of that song called Trapped in the Drive-Thru, where it's uh, a couple, and they're arguing and fighting over – uh, where they want to go for for dinner that night. And any married couple who's ever had that argument or dispute can probably relate to that song. Uh, it's eleven minutes. I mean, but it's just pure, just comedy, and just oh, I, I I can't describe it enough. Just being how funny and awesome that that song is. So yeah, check up the video on YouTube if you get a chance. Uh, Trapped in the drive through by Weird Al. Definitely one of my favorites. If any married couple hasn't had that argument, I don't know if you're really married. So. <laughs> Awesome, man. Very good. Very good. So last but not least, let's go ahead and wrap up with uh, The Last of Us on HBO Max. So uh, when I heard that they were going to be developing this uh, the the video game onto an actual show, I was actually intrigued and interested, but I never actually played the game before. Uh, and it's kind of surprising because, again, I'm, I'm a huge video game fan, or I used to be. Uh, I still love them. I just don't really play as much as I used to just because it's uh, it's a little harder now with kids and uh, going through graduate school. But uh, The Last of Us was developed by Naughty Dog. So the same same people who do the Uncharted games. And as you know, if you listen to the show, you know that Uncharted 2 is my all time favorite game. 
So it is kind of unusual. Thanks again, the thumbs up for Nathan <laughs> that I haven't actually played this game because again, uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the resident evil style game. So like the survivor horrors, I don't know if you like those type of games at all. I do. I love resident evil games. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so the last of us, it, 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 I wanted to play it, but I don't know if I had the courage to do it. Like one time I was at a buddy's house, he was playing one of the red older resident evil games on the playstation one so this would have been back in the 90s and he was playing it really late i was over late i don't remember why and i was like oh no no i'm not i'm not playing this game <laughs> but, but anyway um, so, oh go ahead go ahead Nathan. it's not a i'm trying to think because it's hard for me to say because i don't get scared particularly easy it's not as scary as a resident evil game i'll say that and it's mm-hmm. you know it's more story focused as a, of a game um and actually you fight a lot of humans in it you know there are other people trying to survive in you know i don't know if you if anyone's watched walking dead how you know it's like yeah zombies are an obstacle but you know humans are just a you know if not a bigger obstacle for uh those trying to survive so it's it has you know it has some kind of freaky moments you know or maybe a little jump scares here and there but i'd highly recommend it i mean at least maybe trying it i mean at least uh, i guess you know what the opening is now, uh, now yeah, yeah. watch the show but or the first episode but uh yeah the last was is it's an amazing game and uh it was quite an experience i would stay up till like 3 a.m every every night playing it because i just couldn't stop i wanted to see what happened next so Oh, awesome. Very good. Very good. So, uh, yeah. So when I heard that they were going to be doing the show, I was actually interested in checking it out. And then several other people have told me, hey, I mean, you you, you love the Uncharted games. And I mean, because with those Uncharted games, you can see just the the guys, the writers over at Naughty Dog are just master storytellers. You can just tell really c- compelling, great story. Uh, so I watched the first episode and I was just blown away with how much I loved it, how great I thought it was. Uh, uh, I also... I mean, you're not getting to too much spoilers because I really want to try and stay as fresh as possible. But just what I've heard from other people saying is that the the relationship between uh, Joel, who's played by uh, Pedro Pascal in the movie, and Ellie. Ellie, thank you. That's what I was trying to blink on that. So that they have a really great special bond, almost like father and daughter like. And again, for my in my stage of life, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm a girl dad. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I love my adopted son too, but again, I have a very special relationship with my daughter. So uh, shows that kind of take that approach, I think can be really compelling and very interesting. So what we got to see on the show for these, for the first episode, what I've been told actually in some cases kind of mirrors what happens in the game. Is that right? Oh yeah. So if I'd been playing the game, I think I would have been just absolutely heartbroken over like the the opening sequence. (laughs) So when, you know, I'm watching, I just watched it today because we mm-hmm. our basement flooded last weekend so uh for those who didn't know but anyways so we were able to watch it tonight because we um and we watched both episodes tonight the first and second i was thinking like oh how are they are we spoiling what happened or just uh yeah we can go ahead and talk about the first episode if that's okay okay no that's fine i just didn't know if i wanted to spoil what happened in the first episode yeah. Yeah. um i was wondering like how are they going to do the part with joel's daughter like, is it going to be as impactful? And I'll say it wasn't, I think it hit me harder in the game, but it still hit me pretty hard in the show. And I was, which, you know, video game adaptations are usually awful, let's be honest, you know, Mm -hmm. um, or not great. Maybe they're okay at best. Um, But yeah, I was, I teared up quite a bit and it was, that part is so difficult in the game, but it just sets, you know, just like kind of knocks you off your, off your feet at the, you know, the first 45 minutes and you're like, okay, that's what I'm in. You know, that's what I'm going to be in for, for the rest of the game or the rest of the show. So. Oh, very good. Yeah. So I, I was really, really drawn in by how, how they're presenting the, this apocalypse that's happening. And I guess technically they're, they're not zombies. Is that right? The, the characters who are, who get transformed. Yeah, they're, I mean, in, you know, infected or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, that's, in the, okay, they did change. I'm, I'm, just with the first episode, I guess it's like, it's a fungus, but in the game, you're infected by either being bitten or they're, 
uh, it was big with like orange gas masks. There was like spore clouds, you know, like underground and things like that, where if you breathe it in, you could get infected. And so they, I know they did change that. And some fans were, you know, if you change anything. So I'm, I, I still don't quite get how it works exactly. Uh, besides being bit, I, I don't know if you, if, if you understood it better than I did in the first episode of how they get infected besides being bit or if there's another way. Uh, well, I was kind of putting like some of my own ideas, how, how it could happen. So it's actually really, it was really interesting. The very first sequence of the the show that goes back to the oh, 60s. Yes. And we get to yeah. see, uh, I forget his name. He's, he's the actor who's in uh, the mummy, like the, yeah, the, the, bro- the brother Tom, of uh, Rachel Weiss's character. Yeah. Jonathan, thank you. Yeah. So he's explaining it in the scientific way, just how fungus is actually more devastating or deadly than a, a virus because you know, you get sick from a virus, but you could get yes. better. But like with a, a fungus, no cure. Disease, like, yeah, there's no cure. But how it actually spreads, I guess, I guess it could spread through biting. But I mean, somehow, I think they'll probably maybe explain it, but somebody can, can I came in contact with a fungus and it grew on them and how you know they described it that the fungus just doesn't kill you it actually makes you into a puppet it actually like uh yes. transforms you which is really scary to think about and pretty pretty cool and exciting so i think it's a, a newer twist not to say that the walking dead is bad because i really enjoy the walking dead but i know sometimes uh uh, zombie content can be oversaturating for certain people. So that's what I think mm-hmm. the appeal is for The Last of Us, at least from what I can gather, uh, having, again, not necessarily played the games, but just seeing that first episode. Yeah, and kind of like what I mentioned, you know, the infected or zombies or, you know, walkers, whatever you want to call them, they're mm-hmm. kind of like, they're just an obstacle for people in the show or the game to, you know, it. If it's going to be like the game, it's going to be more story driven and about characters, de- you know, developing relationships and uh, things like that. So I'm not like too, you know, worried or focused on it. But you know, hope I think they will as the episodes go on, they will explain it kind of more and more. And uh, yeah, should be good. So. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So one more thing I wanted to bring up about the first episode. So we talked about before with Willow, like using popular songs at their end credits to kind of like, I guess, maybe sort of connect to what's happening in the story, even though like I was a little confused as to how uh, Enter Sandman does for Willow. Maybe I should rewatch it to kind of get the, the the gist of it. But uh, I was really, really excited when uh, The Last of Us used uh, Never Let Me, Never Let Me Down Again by Depeche Mode to close out the show which is an excellent song. And as you've been listening to the podcast, you know that they're my favorite band. Uh, so anytime like uh, newer fans are discovering the band, it makes me pretty excited. In fact, it was cool to read that. I guess the, the, the track uh, received like a 200% increase on streaming sites like Spotify and oh, nice. uh, YouTube music as a result. So kind of like how uh, uh, Kate Bush and uh, running up that hill did for uh, stranger things. So if this song, I mean, being used on The Last of Us can introduce a whole new generation of people to the Pesh Mode, I'm totally for that. Uh, and then I think the lyrics of that particular song, I think kind of fits in, again, not knowing what's going to happen with uh, Joel and Ellie, but I, from what I can gather, they're, they're in for quite a ride together. So Albert, I have a confession, and I hope yeah. we can still be friends. And maybe I need someone to tell me, like, a, not like necessarily your favorite Depeche Mode album, but like this is a good one has a lot of good songs on it that, you know, for new people, I'm not the biggest Depeche Mode fan. Surprisingly, I love the Smiths. I love eighties music, Mm -hmm. but like, I always hear the same songs on the radio. It's like, uh, what are the, what are like the big hits that are always on the radio? Like, uh, personal Jesus. Is that them? Yeah. Yeah. What's another one? Uh, Uh, enjoy the silence, personal Jesus, uh, policy of truth. Uh, and uh, maybe, okay. maybe, that, maybe uh, that's all it. these songs so, are from the exact same album, Violator. So that's the one I would start with. Okay, I'll have to yeah, check, yeah, check out Violator. But every song that I hear on the radio, I'm like, it's okay. Like, I don't know, like, it hasn't, I don't know why. The Depeche Mode just like my wife's always like, why do you not like Depeche Mode? They sound just like you would, you it sounds like that you would love them. Like, I don't know, I just uh, so. Okay, yeah, so yeah, so I'll give you some homework assignments and yeah, so Violator, (laughs) uh, Music for the Masses, which is the album that has uh, Never Let Me Down Again, and then the other, the third one I would really recommend would be uh, uh, Black Celebration, 
Okay. Uh, or actually, you know, I'd probably throw in another one too. Would be Songs of Faith and Devotion, even though uh, that's kind of like more the the mid nineties Depeche Mode, but I think it's still really really excellent. So those four albums, uh, yeah. So give them a listen, and then the next time we get together, we'll we'll have a brief discussion about it. But uh, okay. yeah, we can still yeah. be friends. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Message message me uh, one or two that you would recommend that you recommend because okay. I as my I'm using my phone as. Uh, okay. No, 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 no worries at all. Like, like I mentioned, I mean all of these. Uh, a lot of these shows, they actually do use uh, popular songs, sometimes uh, that, that fit to the theme of what they're talking about in that episode. So mm-hmm. this isn't really new for just the, the Last of Us and for Willow. I mean, shows have been doing it for, for years now. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so, yeah, but like I mentioned, it, if it can introduce new people to the band, uh, that makes me really excited and happy. Because, again, uh, it's kind of one of those bands that, yes, I still love to this day. But a lot of the younger kids like will probably say, who's the best one? What's that? <laughs> so so I, yeah, I can actually, totally get that. I totally get that. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, so we just watched watched it. And uh, I mean, it, it was coming up and I, I just know Depeche Mode sound, even though I'm not the biggest fan of them. Mm-hmm. But our nephew is watching it with us. He's uh, 18 or 19. I can't remember. Um, and the song starts playing. And, you know, spoiler he just asked me, he's like, oh, is that 80s? I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's, you know, because with the go with the show of, uh-huh. uh, you know, she uh, she asked like, oh, what does 80, 80s mean? And uh, he's like, oh, is that 80s? I'm like, oh, it's Depeche Mode, it's 80s, you know, so. <laughs> just oh, yeah. Awesome. As, like, as, like, as you said, not many young people know Depeche Mode, so. Oh, okay, good, good. So that'd be cool for them to get to know it then. So yeah, so yeah, so so Willow on Disney Plus uh, is uh, is recommended, uh, but I don't know if Willow's gonna really win over new friend, new new fans. If you ne- didn't necessarily like the original movie, but I would still recommend checking out Willow on Disney Plus. Uh, what we can gather. Yeah. Oh, in the, the original movie, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And then from what we can gather from Nathan, yeah, ch- check out the the Weird Al. Uh, uh, biopic on Roku, and then we both highly, highly recommend The Last of Us on HBO yes. Max. Uh, great. Uh, so that's pretty much all the talking points I had tonight. Was there anything else you wanted to discuss, or are we good to wrap up? Um, I just want to say one last thing. It's it's nice that you are excited for other people to to know the music from you know these shows because I you know you hear a lot of people like, oh these these guys just know it from Stranger Things, or they just know the song from this, and it's like. And like they're like it's like gatekeeping like like oh i've known this band forever and all these people are just you know jumping on the bandwagon they get mad about that but i'm like don't you want your favorite band to like get more money and more you know notoriety and like maybe they were you know a band that kind of you know went under the radar and they never had much success and like wouldn't you want them to get that success you know type of thing so Oh, thanks. Yeah, I absolutely uh, agree with you on that. I, I definitely don't want to be kind of one of those like uh, jerk, like, you know, hipster kind of guys like saying, oh, but this is my music. I discovered it. Technically, I didn't. I mean, they've been around for, for decades. <laughs> yeah. So and everyone's introduced to it at one point or another. In fact, it was my older brother, Fernando, who first introduced me to the patch mode. And then I'm always looking for recommendations from from people. In fact, actually, uh, sorry, I'm not rambling on a little too much here, but <laughs> uh, last year when I did the podcast with my friends talking about Stranger Things and I made the, the the question to people, hey, what song would save you from Vecna if you were caught in its grasp? And you made the recommendation to me of a band I never heard of. The song I pick is A Real Hero from the that's movie the, Drive. That's the one. Yeah, Real Hero. Yeah, yeah. It's so electric, electric Youth and College is so it's like a Electric Youth is, is, is one band and College is a guy that, uh, he does a lot of like synth wave, like um, new wave synth uh, stuff from like, oh, okay. you know, like modern stuff. It's really mm-hmm. good stuff if you just like synth music. Um, but I, the movie Drive is like top three favorite movies. Um, I highly recommend that movie if anyone's never seen it. But um, yeah, it's called A Real Hero by Electric Youth. And yeah, the whole Electric Youth is a great band as well. It's a. I think they're, I don't know if they're just dating, but, you know, husband and wife or couple duo that do the music, so. Oh, yeah, very cool. Yeah, so definitely I discovered that band because of your recommendation, and I loved it. I did a little more research about them, too, and saw that their album had been uh, produced by Vince Clark, uh, you know, a notable uh, 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 British producer and also part of the band Erasure, and was actually one of the founding members of Depeche Mode, too. So there's that tie-in as well. So we're always discovering new things from people and just having an open mind about that and saying, hey, Mm -hmm. let's all share in the awesomeness together. 
So, so anybody listening to this podcast, if you decide, hey, I'm going to watch that Willow show because of our conversation or the Weird Al show or the the Weird Al movie or the, the Last of Us, it's awesome and great. I think it's an awesome thing that we get to share what we're passionate about. And if we bring in new fans, awesome. If not, then cool. But I mean, we just kind of just enjoy what we do, basically. Yeah, definitely. Real quick, Albert, what was your uh, Vecna song? Uh, my Vecna song that I picked at the time was uh, Wish You Were Here by Incubus. Okay. Yeah. So that, that was the one that kind of like uh, remind me of like, you know, family and loved ones and just remembering that people are there cheering for you and that oftentimes we're not always with the people we love, but we always wish that they were with us. Awesome. So, so yeah, very cool. Okay. So if there's nothing else for tonight, we'll go ahead and wrap up. But uh, Nathan, thank you for joining me to talk about uh, the entertainment stuff that we love. It's, I think it's just fun and entertaining and looking forward to the next episode when I can have you on again. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Uh, I, I'm not a big talker in real life unless someone talks, you know, comes up and talks to me and asks me questions. So, especially talking about, uh, you know, 80, you know, Weird Al's from the 80s, Willow's from the 80s, and, you know, video games, uh, The Last of Us, I could talk for hours about. So, it was, it was a pleasure. So, as always. Awesome. Okay. Thanks again, Nathan. So, you've been listening to the Catholic for Fun podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.